This is Lori Lacey. Welcome to episode 32 of Dream Signs in the Times. Today we're going to talk about possession. It's the time of year, but it's also something that when you take it apart, there's some really interesting components that um, it's hard to put it all together and, and say, okay, this is what is happening under these situations. But, and the movies, you know, look at it a certain way also, but, um, you know, there's a lot to it. There are a lot of components to that particular thing. Um, Religion was, you know, Christian religion is the one I know about, um, talks about possession in terms of the devil inhabiting somebody's being. And so if we look at the fact that we are souls living in a vessel of the body and when we are born we're born the soul goes into the body and when we die the soul leaves the body there is a sense that this animation uh is a separateness from the awareness and the soul and um it's something that there really isn't room in a person's mind body let's say cuz the mind is involved too um, heavily, but for another entity, but that somehow uh, an- another entity comes through and inhabits the body. So people with mental illness uh, back in the day, you know, in uh, early, uh, you know, Western civilization, anytime actually before about, you know, 1900-ish, People who had some mental health disorders, they were thrown into this category of being possessed uh, in certain areas of the world and at certain times. And that sort of thing, as the 1900s started to take hold and psychology began to take hold, they threw that out because uh, and distilled things into these symptom clusters, which I think was a great move in terms of the evolution of the mind, but they never really get to the why. Why, why a certain person reacts a certain way. There's just like, okay, there's these symptoms. They're acting like this. We um, handle it a certain way. And uh, there's this idea that a person is relieved of the problem. And a lot of times it does work to to go into therapeutic situations like that. But I believe that there is a, a certain spiritual component to all of that. And a lot of times people who are very sensitive and very loving and very full of light end up having trouble navigating the modern world. And it can uh, show up as addiction and some other things. But this... Back in the, you know, in those times uh, of religion, a person was considered to be weak of character. And even through part of the 1900s, people were considered to be weak of character if they had an addiction problem or a mental health issue. And my personal experience with meeting a lot of people in a lot of areas of life is that a lot of times, the uh, not all the time, but um, a vast majority of people that I met who had either mental health uh symptoms and I'm talking mostly about my my friends um and myself uh who uh have mental health symptoms or addiction issues um and that was more in my with my brother and stuff uh but we're very light bearing people 
that it almost seemed as if the dark was seeking them out or trying to keep them from reaching their full potential as these very loving, light-bearing individuals. So when I'm, you know, walking down the street and I see somebody who's struggling with addiction, yeah, their behavior has that odd kind of um, dis- disconnect. And, but the reason that they got in there is partially, I believe, because negative energies have sought them out in different ways. And then addiction is this whole other thing that kind of pulls people into it. And it is a form of, I wouldn't call it a form of possession per se, but it is kind of an artifact that when people get so far and they can't make their own decisions and they're acting through this negative uh, energy that I'm not looking for a scapegoat, but they're, if they're not at the helm and I've, you know, I've seen people very close to me lose their shit before and and it's like you're not talking to the same person because they're so fucked up on something uh that's when a lot of negative stuff comes out when people are kind of in that blackout state and that to me is uh one of those possession opportunities that the negative energies take so this idea that uh, the movies has made it really, really interesting, like, well, that happened back in the day, or that happened, and it's just make-believe, and or I don't believe in that, and that's fine. If, if a person can get through life not believing in these things, and it's a safer place for them, more power to you, and if you don't have issues with it, that is awesome, and people with religious backgrounds often have a little more vulnerability to certain aspects of it because of the belief system and the way the Bible presents a lot of that stuff. So um, I just want to to reiterate that I don't see people with mental health problems or uh, addiction problems as weak. I see them as targeted by negative energies. And it's up to us when we're in that state to fight back in some way and not let that overtake us. But it's hard, you know, especially if addiction takes root in a certain way and, um so I think, like I said, I think psychology did a great thing in evolving uh, that away from the church or pulling it, the evolution away from the church, but there was more to it. There is more to it than all of that. And I wish that that would work together a little bit more because there's, there's some stuff that um, overlaps in that. So, so the difference between possession and channeling, they're very similar I've channeled a bunch and um, it's, for me, it's little, I've, I've talked about this before, but it's little situations, you know, where I'll start speaking in an accent that a person had that I didn't even know they had. And I've never spoken in that accent. Or I'll be using phrase, phrases that the person used and I would never use on my own. And um, it's coming usually right in the moment where I don't have any, even any background on the person. And then I've uh, had things, ooh, wow, the lights just blinked. Whoa. Okay. Um, the, um, I've had a situation where, um, like my hand moved in a certain way as though it were being moved. And this is what, you know, it's, it's not where I lose my awareness and lose the ability to control my body or my actions. And cause it's like, oh man, you have to be balanced really to do, uh, the channeling thing. And so when it, um, uh, when it when it's happening and you're you're connecting with the person across from you if you're a psychic, and 
you know, trying to get that energy to come through. And I don't ask to channel. It just, it's like I ask for information and then it comes as a very um, palpable thing. And then my, my awareness moves a little to the side so that this can come through and I can observe. But I always have control of this situation. And there are all kinds of things that could have us thinking, golly, you know, um, these are thin lines sometimes. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard being a psychic. It's hard to keep the mental balance because shit, if sometimes I'll, I'll catch somebody's like death scenario and I'm with them, I'm, I'm experiencing their death again. Luckily, it doesn't take root as a super like intense thing. It's like um, a watered down version of it, but you feel it. And sometimes you'll get a sharp pain somewhere. I got a sharp pain one time of a bullet going through uh, my uh, rib cage. And it was like one of those things of like, I, I don't remember if it validated, actually. Uh, I just remember that I knew it was from somebody's uh, death situation or, or where they were injured. I think they died in that one. But um, that feeling is really bizarre because I've never been shot before. So. Um, so symbolism with channeling or possession in movies is interesting. Like if you're watching Stranger Things and you see the walls, like stuff coming out of the walls, the, a house is the mind in uh, dream interpretation. So the mind is, is symbolized by the house. And if something is permeating the walls, then, and, and it's a scary state, that is great symbolism and dream symbolism for that, this permeability that happens when we are um, engaging in the other realms. We have the earth realm where we're running around, you know, doing our stuff. And then these dream states and, and spiritual realms that we have access to. But I, in my experience, when I've had uh, some of the most difficult times I've gone through in my life where uh, I felt very out of balance, the, the, my dreams would bleed into reality and reality would bleed into my dreams and I didn't always have control. When I was awake, I did. But there were some times when I was in that half sleep sleep state where it was very difficult to tell uh, reality from non-reality, especially emotionally. And I woke myself up out of it, but I was dealing with a lot back then. And it was uh, one of those things where I realized that it's so important to have um, some values and beliefs that keep you grounded in reality because that veil needs to be strong. Yes, we, we, we lower it a little bit or we thin it a little bit when we do psychic readings, but we have to be able to, to navigate as best we can that, um, that thing and then be okay with the fact that it's separate separation is is part of the deal that's the veil and when it gets permeable or uh, a hole knocked in it by by a, a trauma of some kind or um these uh perforations that happen because of thought patterns or let's say um there's a lot of fear being thrown out into the to the zeitgeist uh, and uh, people are reacting to it, it can permeate these things and make it um, difficult to keep the fear from getting out of control and to keep the negative entities or energies from piling into reality. And so we strengthen the veil. Strengthening the veil means studying this kind of stuff, uh, understanding it to the and staying as calm as possible, not letting ourselves get pulled too far into any kind of... Um, substance use because here's what's happening with substances they are distilled they are very concentrated 
chemistry and chemicals and they um in small amounts and under sacred conditions things i i believe in the use of those kinds of things but when we start realizing that we're dealing with the modern world and it's really hard uh, to process all of this information all the time. And so we start to want to escape all the time, but that escape is into one of those realms and it's leaving reality behind. And then reality starts to, to crumble a little bit. And that relationship, the best way I've found to navigate that is to keep that relationship between the real world, the and real because our bodies are navigating it, not because it's more real than the sacred worlds, but, and these, um, other realms separate so that we can uh, know the difference. And knowing the difference, the comparison is valuable. The comparison of the the spirit world to the modern world is, or the outside world is important. And artists do a lot of this surfing back and translating and transmuting these energies from the other side to the outside world. And so we have that little map of what they went through. Every artistic creation is a map of that relationship between these uh, worlds. That's why music is so powerful and why some art just stops you in your tracks because you're just like, oh, shit that is so cool but um so keeping a healthy membrane between those things it's a sacred thing to access these things um i've read the mists of avalon and and they talked about how uh, avalon went into the mists and avalon is symbolic of those spiritual worlds for a lot of people and they even she uh marion zimmer bradley even included christianity in that in that there was a sacred christian site also and it was how they related to one another that changed uh the flow of the spirituality as i'm as i'm in the room like i'm feeling the energy of that my hands are doing this thing um to, and it's like a really amazing feeling. Um, but so the way that the priestesses would, would access the island was to use uh, sacred words to invoke the parting of the mists so that they could access this particular thing. That is symbolic of the respect and the ritual and the permeability and protection of the sacred spaces from you know, having too much bleed through of the outside world into them in, in a certain way or vice versa, where we can't control the flow of the spirit world in some way. And it it takes a toll on the person who is like channeling this kind of thing or invoking these uh, sacred areas. So that's sacredness in general is very important when we're talking about this kind of thing. So um, this brings me to hauntings. We're at the time of year when people are very aware of things having the possibility of being haunted and hauntings are possession of a building by an entity. So we have this thing, we have possession, channeling and haunting, and they're, they're, they're different aspects of the same kind of thing. And it's important to note that, that possession is one of those things that's an out of control version of things. Hauntings are often, more related to the people involved. Like if you're in a house, sometimes you are attracting spirits of a certain kind because a lot of people, whenever I've done house cleansings, a lot of it was more about the people and some of them had very permeable uh, membranes between each um, the realms and it was literally coming through them into the house. And other times I would go into hauntings where there's historical, oh man, there's some... uh mental health facilities that were 
you know, uh, in the 1900s that I've been in. And it's, it's like being in the most, it's like a pollution of pain. It's like all that stuff got kind of looped in there. And so to me, it's a lot like it's looping of unfinished business that is happening. The, the, the energy signatures are, or are involved of the people that were there. And I don't, I don't want to make too much of a comment on where they are now. All I know is that some of that residual stuff gets left in buildings. And that's, you know, when I'm doing house cleansing or something like that, I go in and I try to determine what is the the main frequency there, whether it's related to the people involved. And that's usually the case. But some buildings have so much pain and fear and uh, anger that went through them that a lot of that stuff is still kind of hanging around. To me, the goal of that is to figure out ways to neutralize it and allow for whatever little part of the spirit, because a lot of those people's spirits are, you know, cleansed and up in the higher regions by the time any of this stuff gets seen by me, especially if it was something that was um, going, um, was uh, being used in as a facility or whatever, um, has, is a long time ago. So, um, and some of it probably does, leave but that that spiritual pollution that's there if you have any sensitivity to that i've walked in those buildings and a lot of time i can a lot of times i can turn it off there's one particular building in town in this particular town that i cannot walk in cuz i will get sick and i'm not one of those people that overreacts to it or or you know gets drama dramatic about it to try to heighten the people around me i don't do that it's not my thing um but it, th- this particular building I got literally sick coming out of because I was feeling all the stuff. And it was like they, you know, it was a museum and it was like one of these things that where you were just like, oh, why are they not, you know, trying to cleanse it? But they're, 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 it's a historical uh, situation where it's a museum and you've got some of the implements and artifacts and all that stuff is kind of pulling the events probably from the Akashic records into a little more focus for people. Um, it's still hanging around like a cloud. So, so that basically the possession of a building is haunting and um, is a haunting. And uh, so this kind of thing, we don't necessarily feed it by going to places like that, but it's one of those things that I take kind of seriously. I take everything pretty seriously, sometimes too seriously. Um, but you know, I'm looking at it going, uh, I, I don't like this particularly as a showpiece for things. It's kind of like, I don't necessarily want it to be bulldozed and start over, I guess, but cause we have to learn from history, but it, we, something needs to happen to, to release some of the energy that's been pent up there. So um, there are some cultures where possession is um, much more part of the daily activity. And I'm not going to name those cultures because I am not experts, an expert in the two in particular that I'm thinking of. Uh, and I want to just have a nod of respect for that because I don't know about it. I just know that I am not equipped to... Um, delve into any aspect of that. I've had it show up in my dreams before, so I have to acknowledge it and know what I can know about it as far as just factual information. But as far as delving into it and using tools related to uh, those particular cultures, I I am not one of those people. Oh, there go the lights again. Holy crap. Um, I, <laughs> I guess they're saying, yep, glad you don't do this uh, because I am not uh, part of that 
and I'm not invited into that and that's okay. I'm probably not uh, equipped, like I said, um, energetically or uh, spiritually to, to, you know, a lot of it's just like I'm not supposed to be there and I'm okay with that. I like to go into realms. I like to explore new places and new things, but I have a healthy respect for the shit that, that is like theirs. Cause like every once in a while, like I said, they'll show up in a dream. Um, and I'll get some artifact from a culture that I don't know much about. And that is a warning to me to say somebody might be, uh, actually I've had two people throw spells my direction that way. I don't know, even know if one of them was conscious or not. And it was from that, even the other one might not have been, they weren't maybe not conscious of it, but it was obvious to me what area of the um, spirit realm it was coming from. And it was just basically letting me know that that was happening. And I was able to counter in my own way. And not all of it's negative. A lot of it's very healing. It's just not particularly anything that I feel equipped to handle. So I respectfully, um, you know, I respect the shit out of people who, who have a handle on that, those particular things. Um, anything that messes with our thinking is riding in on anger and pain. So, um, people have talked about it in different books, how these negative energies, and we're all experiencing them in, in some way or another, ride in and, uh, come, you know, through that permeability and, Anger, anger is not a bad thing, but if it's a consuming kind of anger that just keeps rattling around, it starts to pick up like a tornado would. It, it picks up debris and it picks up um, all kinds of uh, speed and it starts to pull some of these negative energies into reality. And so this uh, ability to kind of keep a handle on that kind of stuff, especially during Mercury and retrograde times, man, I wish there's a part of me that's like, okay, fuck Mercury and retrograde. That's a shitty concept. I don't have to believe in it. And I'm like, I've tried not to believe in it. But when I watch things that are going on, I can see, see that it's like the friggin' PMS of the goddamn Zodiac wheel. And so, um, but I've always thought that PMS and menopause and things like that, uh, those, those kinds of things were more truth serum than negative things. So it's chaos. It's, it's, it's a chaos thing, but from the chaos comes this understanding. So we have to kind of realize that those things are actually very valuable time periods, but they also, um, activate some of these things and they test your permeability. So in that way, they're good too, because they test your strength and show you where you might have some weak spots. But there's a point where it's like, really, can we just turn this fucking shit off right now for a minute? Um, anyway, so, um, the one thing about the negative energies is that with, with organized religion, there was an attempt to put names on it, like demons and devils and things like that, and um, and it's been in mythology too to put names on them so that they could be understood. And by doing that, you know, there was it was a double edged sword because sometimes it, it actually brought them more to the surface than it. You know, if you're if you're not thinking about a demon and you know you go about your day, uh, you may deal with some negative things. But if you go to to like a situation where demons are said to be these horrible things and they're everywhere and all this stuff, you start thinking, fuck, you know, uh, is that a demon? You know, and it, uh, a lot of times what happens is that the negative energies start tuning, they ride in on the anger and fear, that anger that's not properly dealt with. 
and they ride in on the anger and fear. And then they start to usurp the senses and they start to organize the senses into a template that um, the template starts to affect how we perceive the world. And that's the goal of a lot of these negative energies. And like I said, I don't fully understand what they are. And I have a healthy respect for the fact that, you know, humans deal with dark and light all the time. We're not, we're, we're built as this, these vessels for dark and light, but it's how we handle that and how we give the darkness a voice in a certain way without it taking our own voice. When it takes our own voice, then we get those possession type situations. Then we get driven towards more and more uh, negative energies and start seeing the world through that template of negativity. And to, to me, that's like where we have to go, okay, I need to switch the template, whatever it, it takes. I need to start noticing the good things in a day. The, and, and not like good and evil are exactly a polar opposite. They aren't. And that's what's inconvenient about it too. And that's another thing that is, is scary about it is that it's going to they never, it never fully coalesces into, oh, this is the enemy. Even some of the worst world leaders that have been on the planet, they had people believing that um, what they were doing was good and that, you know, they're, yeah, they were the central power, but there was all this, um, like, rhetoric and stuff, blaming other things and, and doing all this stuff. And so you couldn't really put your hand, you, you could, yeah, there was a scapegoat created in just about every situation, but you couldn't um, define like the enemy fully in such a way as to, to really face it. And so it came into the world and it never fully coalesces in such a way where you're like, that is fucking full of shit and the bad guy. Because propaganda and all these kinds of things, all these communications that we have can make anything look like anything. You, you know, we have, we live in the spin doctor world of, um, you can make something that's bad look really good. Like, celebrities are real people. I've met some celebrities that were, you know, on TV in my life and they were a shit show when you, when they were like off camera, you know, and, uh, this was mostly when I lived in Los Angeles and, I, and then I met some celebrities that were like amazing. And, uh, so I was like, okay, that matched up, but the, an image of anything can be created. And a lot of times it lines up with what we want to believe is true. And then that becomes the truth. And then it starts uh, being manipulated. And so that is another odd form of possession by, um, you know, some person who wants you to go buy something or it's like, okay, I've created this little world and taken, uh, that, uh, impulsive side of us and, and allowed for some of that stuff to get played and moved into that, um, into a zone where it can be controlled. Um, so it's like a, almost like a guerrilla warfare thing. And a lot of times it hides in plain sight and one of the worst ways that a lot of that negativity happens is it skews the ancient wisdom in that same way to make it look like, oh, okay, that, that's the ancient wisdom, and then it's not being used for uh, the spiritual growth or betterment of the person or to bring light into, into the world. And, you know, stuff like that has come into the light. Some, some stuff uses light. Just like I was talking about the celebrity thing, you know, somebody may have a, a very bright personality and light and negative energies will use that to um, make it look 
like and it will hide it's like it hides in the light in 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 a very bizarre way but um there is a way always to discern this stuff the heart chakra and the heart realm are definitely the most reliable ways to um process things and to uh stay out of that possession oriented thing um there are times when I literally have been in a house and been like, okay, I can handle this aspect of it, but I, I do need to call it a priest because the language of the situation was something that needed to have a priest. So um, I didn't end up going back to that one particular place, but I felt that I was going to need those implements like the holy water and uh, the things because it was had a, a signature that was very much like that kind of thing. So I'm not against using calling in those uh, resources when I need to. That's why I'm not anti-Christian. I mean, there's certain things that I think that they actually brought into the world or highlighted so they can take them out. And they have the best means to do it. I'm not saying each person brought that in, but like the whole thing and the way it was manipulated brought that stuff in. So the antidote is sometimes in that mixed with whatever uh, uh, I have to bring to the table. And so um, when we're we're talking about dealing with possession, it, it a lot of times doesn't manifest fully like it did before or like it does in the movies where the you know somebody's head spinning and vomits, green vomits flying around. I have not encountered that level of possession, but I've seen it in other people when they get a look in their eyes that changes and it's not them. And usually like uh, somebody was drunk one time and I saw this switch happen and I'm like, I literally said hello to the fucking demon. I'm like, I see you. What the fuck is up, man? Or thing or whatever the fuck you are. Sorry, I had to take a drink of water. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a part of me that when I'm able to really marshal my internal resources and uh, this value system of uh, no person left behind, I don't want anybody on, on the planet to feel like they don't have recourse when they're feeling like these kinds of pain or that stuff that the negative energies is riding in on. So there's... Uh, I'm always searching for different ways to, um, God, my computer went out too. Um, my, uh, for different ways to have people be empowered. And the whole belief of this podcast, again, is don't let anybody talk you out of your power. That shit is yours. And why is that? Because a lot of very powerful people get talked into this possession thing and it can be low low key possession you know it doesn't have to be like the full on again head twisting thing it's um it it's a, a lot of times it's somebody who would not you know give up something that they valued so much in including their self respect in order to fulfill what this negative energy wanted those are times when you've got to or a person needs to to just absolutely examine the parameters and find a way to get back to that balance where that permeable uh, membrane is flexible and useful. When it's not flexible, it becomes easily broken or shattered. And that's when people hang on to dogma or they hang on to 
uh, ego aspect things or control. There, a flexibility. Oh, I don't mean to throw shoulds out there like there has to be. I'm just I'm amped up because <laughs> um, this stuff gets me, um, you know, thinking and deeply. Um, I want to do it right and. It's it's not there's not an easy way to do it right. So they're you know I'm gonna make little missteps here and and um, not sound perfect all the time. But the the point of it is that you know if if a person is fighting that kind of thing, there are ways to to deal with it. But keeping that membrane flexible and not easily shattered and not easily per- perforated. And um, if there is a traumatic situation, to to fully find all the resources, including psychology, including uh, spiritual aspects. You know, I'm, there are more and more spiritual people, like what I call light workers. And the t- everybody's a, a light being and everybody's super bright to me. But light workers are the ones who, who want to help people get in touch with their light and stay in touch with their light and not talked out of their power. Because a lot of times it'll start with a little voice. Oh, you're not good enough. That's a little bit of that that shit going and you have total control over that kind of thing. Now I know people get in, in states, uh, and, uh, where they may not have total control. And, and again, psychology helps with all that. I'm not trying to take the power away from, you know, how psychology helps with that. But if there, there, there's a way to fight that, that kind of stuff. And sometimes going to like a psychology psychologist for help in some way, some psych, some kind of psychological thing will actually throw some of the spiritual stuff off of track. But also, you know, you have to be careful and picky and keep researching for people who do it well and who, whose hearts are in the right place and who aren't using, you know, the field as a way to only work out their own pain. Um, it's a good thing to work through pain by becoming, you know, a psychologist or whatever in that field, but not at the expense of the people you'd be helping. But light workers in the psychic realms are the same way. It's like, you know, we have to get out of the way and allow for the higher powers to come through and do the job and help us. We also, um, developing some kind of relationship with the higher power, even if it, you know, if it's an atheist thing of just acknowledging that the subconscious or the higher self or the version of us that is, um, you know, our best self can come through and, uh, assist with a situation. And again, the heart chakra is a a very good way to do that. And so developing a relationship with the heart chakra area and that that's an openness. It's automatically protected in a lot of ways. And so when we're, when our intent is good to, to bring light into the world and to help a situation, if we stay in that, the feeling of that intent, then it's protected a lot of the time, most all the time, as far as I've ever uh, uh, experienced. But we get talked out of not believing in that kind of thing or talked out of, talked into like thinking that we have a weakness or talked into these um, like, well, oh, well, that person, you know, does that kind of thing. So like drinks too much. So th- it must be okay. And that's that thing kind of trying to get us to to sacrifice um, our awareness to this thing when we know better on some level. And that know better thing is the knowing better is where a lot of that energy comes from is like we do know the difference 
And sometimes, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's a hard call. And yeah, we got to learn things about life. We have, we have all these things going on that we have to learn and there are lessons that we have to learn. But the way to combat this sort of micro possession, oh my God, I just made a word for it. Um, the micro possession that goes on uh, is to, to be aware of it, to go into the heart area realm and um, to stay in touch with that pure light. Now, I do, I have, people are probably wondering, uh, well, you're talking about, you've talked about hauntings, you talked about channeling, um, and you went around actual possession a little bit. I have experienced people being possessed before and not just because of, uh, like, this the situation that I talked about with somebody being like drunk or something and you're like oh there there's another entity in there um the the situation was so frightening and it was weird because it was timed perfectly because I was uh in a situation where I had to pay attention to something else and the the entity inhabited somebody and the person crossed my path at that particular time when I was vulnerable. And so I recognized that this was an actual possession and I recognized the depth of the anger involved and the power of the person. The person was a very powerful person and they were possessed to the point where they were making noises, guttural noises like you would see in the movies. And it it it, it was like a blow. It hit me really hard and it was meant to and luckily I was able to negotiate my way out of that but um I'm gonna tell you it was one of the scariest fucking things I've ever experienced in my life and um I have dealt with that person a couple times since then and made it very clear that if that's going to surface then there absolutely will be no uh my I will not contribute to that moment at all with that particular entity uh, if it's particularly coming through and that setting that as a standard for myself has been very protective. Um, it still sneaks up every once in a while and it's just like, what the fuck? But I do recognize it. I recognize its energy signature and I know what it wants to do. It wants to derail me and it wants to throw me off course and it, it, it wants me to, to not like myself. It wants me to question what I, what I do and what I am. And, um, like I, I I can't describe to you the voice. It was it wasn't even you know you would think it would be comical if it was a demon voice and it actually wasn't. It was one of those things where it was just this is scary, pure death, gross, disgusting, demonic shit coming through, and I was talking to it and asking it questions. And I've negotiated with people's demons before, but never quite on this level. Like I have funny conversations with the the dark side of a person sometimes when it, when they're at the helm and then sometimes it's going to be a fight you know because they're looking the, the not the person but the the entity is looking for a fight this particular time the entity was not looking for a fight it was just wanting to unleash itself into the world and at a very vulnerable situation for me. And I luckily was able to negotiate it, but man, it took every ability, every, every part of me to, um, improvise and to grab onto the light and just know that this is what it is. And I'm going to get through this. I don't know exactly how, but I did. And I'm here to tell talk about it. Um, so anyway, 
that's uh, some stuff on possession and some ideas. It's not the be-all, end-all. It's just some thoughts. It, but there's some truth in there, and if if you have if something resonates with you, it's worth study. Um, I don't go too far, like I said, into things that I am not um, pulled towards because I have healthy respect for people's tools and their uh, spiritual um, experience and their spiritual tendencies on the planet. And if mine isn't there, I'm not going to pretend I know shit about their stuff that I that I absolutely do not. So um, that would be uh, now, and you know. People tend to want to play around with stuff, especially around Halloween. There's some things. I'm not a fan of the Ouija board. I am so not a fan. I I made one out of a pizza box one time in college, and some shit happened. Like, candles went out. Uh, This wasn't even when I was, like, heavily... Oh, I was starting to get into this kind of thing, but um, it was, like, in one of those times where I don't have the experience that I have now. I was definitely exploring that kind of thing. It was in Baltimore, which is a very, very intense town that way there's so much going on spiritually in that place both good and and harder to navigate and um I saw more shit in that town oh my god it's so much stuff I'm like as I'm remembering my time there Edgar Allan Poe uh died there I believe and um was hung out there a lot and I'm like I see why the fuck that guy hung out there because there's a vibe that is really cool but if you're caught on a kind of a weekday oh my gosh it can it can really fuck with you so um, but it's a beautiful place too. It's, there's so much beauty and so many amazing people in that area. Um, uh, you, you can't help, it's one of the most interesting cities ever, but, um, so, um, uh, anyway, that, that kind of thing, you know, it's, you gotta just keep it where you can handle it and stay away from the shit. So with the Ouija board, oh my God, anyway, I gotta go back to the Ouija board. So we made it out of a pizza box and it was starting to fly, like, like fly around and and say stuff and I had never dealt with that before and man I'm gonna tell you I ripped that shit up and burnt it like immediately because I'm like no I'm 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 hanging out with something because that's the thing we think that we're like oh okay it's the Parker Brothers or some uh game person uh sells it you know the game company it's innocuous it's in the kids section it was for a long time of the stores and all this stuff and uh then you find out that 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 shit ain't playing and you're like oh shit so i looked up the ouija board and it says on google um that it was uh bought in 1966 by parker brothers so um that was the year i was born oddly and um that it was a Victorian game that was, it was invented during the Victorian times. And so that's Queen Victoria in England. And that was a bizarre time period for all this kind of stuff too. Very intense. Uh, the growing of the, uh, you know, the industrial, the industrial age, the industrialization of things really did a number. And that's, that's also when psychology kind of, you know, started to, um, to take hold, but there was this, you know, switching of, of, or switching around of the energies of the way people were perceiving the world. And again, sometimes those templates of, uh, you know, how we perceive things like uh, what are our senses actually picking up? Um, and where, what are we focusing on based on a lot of things where was, was changing. And just that tumultuousness was an energy in and of itself. And tarot started to get real big at that time. And then, um, you know, you move it to this modern encapsulation of it and it seems like, oh, it's just a board game. And, 
it's not just a board game in my experience. So um, anyway, uh, don't let anybody talk you, you out of your power. That shit is yours. And not only is it yours, it's, it's worth examining exactly how you feel like you want to protect it and understand it. And you guys rock. Have an awesome week. And I will catch you soon.